morning, brothers and sisters. It's such a joy to be able to come and share with you again. The last time I was sharing here, my head was spinning. But uh, thank God the spinning has subsided considerably. And today it's, it's quite clear, you know. But I, I sit there because I can't take loud noises nowadays because of the infection of my ear. And, uh, but uh, it's, it's so good to see so many people praying for us and your prayers have been answered and, and God has seen us through a very difficult time the last, uh, last couple of months actually uh, since the operation of Evelyn. And uh, through this, you know, we, we experience the faithfulness of God. Sometimes when the sickness drags on and you're wondering, when is the end of it? When is the end of this trouble, this uh, situation? But there's always a good end, amen? Because the Bible says that uh, if we love the Lord, we follow His purpose, He will make all things work together for good to those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. Just like any, you know, any too. Is, is now beaming and looking so well after her car accident with Pastor YC and uh, such a devastating time for them. But God always comes through for us as we wait upon Him. Let's pray, shall we? Heavenly Father, we thank you for the encouraging testimony from uh, Alan and Sally and we thank you for his faithfulness and he he and, and Sally and, and, and other founding members of our church have been pillars in this church, have been so faithful. And that's what's built this church, Lord, built on faithfulness, your faithfulness and the faithfulness of others. Even today, as we talk about being homegrown, I pray for a spirit of revelation to come. I cleanse the atmosphere from any foul, wicked spirit that would hinder and, and prevent your words from reaching the hearts of your people. I pray that your words will take root and bear forth much fruit in their lives, that it will bring forth a hundredfold increase, that their lives will never be the same again as a result of your word. Bless your word today to your people in Jesus' name, and we give you praise. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> I want to begin with this uh, declaration by WHO, all right? It says that anyone who is married for 25 years and above need not take vaccine as we have been immune to all the criticisms by our wife. <clears throat> our immune system is now more powerful to resist anything in life. This is a declaration by WHO, World Husband Organization. Can I just say that it's actually not World Husband Organization, Worst Husband Organization. No, husbands, we shouldn't be speaking like that about our wives. They are wonderful beings created by God. And they are so, such a, a powerful force, you know, uh, and, and we honor them. They are so wonderful. And uh, without them, we would not be where we are today, especially me. I was lost in the world. If not for Evelyn, you know, my life would not have been changed. There would be no FGA. There would be no salvation for my family. So I thank God for that. But today I'm going to talk about homegrown, what it means to be homegrown. Let me just begin by saying, <coughs> from the beginning, God has always intended the home to be the channel or the vehicle or the means through which His blessings are imparted to future generations. God has chosen the family, the home, as the source, as the center, as the avenue of blessing the future generations. And we'll look into that even more. Unfortunately, the devil has been very smart. He knows that the home 
is the source of God's blessings. And so, where does he target? He targets the home. He breaks up homes. He demolishes homes because the devil comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. And so, as a great strategist, the devil attacks homes. And we have seen the devastation. The home is meant to be a safe, healthy place, a nurturing place. But unfortunately, throughout history, we find it to be source, the source of so much hurt and brokenness and pain in many, many lives. And we really need to uh, reverse that. We, you know, just as the devil has come to destroy. And let's look at some of the causes of brokenness in the homes. Many of us probably have come from broken homes. We have come from abuse situations or uh, situations that have caused trauma in our lives and various issues we are still suffering to today. I minister to people in their 60s and 70s, and many of them are still reeling from the pain caused when they were five years old, 10 years old. And uh, many of them still cannot forget the pain inflicted on them by their, their parents, by the scolding, by all the negative words and the abuse. And so let's look at some of the causes of brokenness in the homes. First of all, did you know that when husbands and wives quarrel, they have conflict and strife between parents? It's not just between two of you. It causes great pain and great insecurity in the kids. You may not think, if you quarrel in the, in the room, you may not think <laughs> that uh, uh, you know, your kids may not hear you or whatever it is. But it's in the atmosphere. They catch the atmosphere of what happens in the home. So conflict and strife between parents is a very devastating thing to, to children. The second thing is, of course, quite uh, common, and, and it's on the news, domestic violence, abuse, addictions to alcohol, to drugs, to pornography, to all kinds of addictions, to gambling. My dad was a gambler, and as a result of his gambling, he lost our whole fortune. He lost millions of dollars. His dad was quite a rich man who handed him quite a, a big fortune with uh, tin mines and, and all of that. But uh, he, he got into horse racing, and, and he uh, you know, had horses in stables. That costs a lot of money <laughs> to keep a horse, costs more than... It does to a fam for a family. <clears throat> but <clears throat> his gambling habit went on to my brother and even to my other sibling as well. And, and this brought great devastation to our family. The third area is negative words and threats. You know, many a times we... Um, get angry with our children and what do we do? <laughs> we lash out at them, you know. Or sometimes when we come home frustrated from work, what do we do? We take it out on our kids. I used to take it out on my poor dog, poor, poor thing. Sorry, Levi, he's, he's dead now, but, uh, you know, I, I used to come back from pastoring, you know, <laughs> and lots of frustration, lots of uh, stress, and then the dog comes to greet you. Oh, oh he's the target of it. And, and so, watch out for our negative words and threats. Sometimes, you know, just even recently, my daughter reminded me, I, I feel so embarrassed even sharing that, but I just want to be open, transparent with you guys. That even pastors, you know, we, we have our weaknesses. And I remember whenever she would not obey and she would rebel and, and be stubborn. And, and I say, see that door over there? If you don't listen, get out of the house, you know. And I thought, you know, I've forgotten about it over the years. And, and recently they reminded me 
about it. And uh, I said, oh, I'm so sorry, you know. And, and this, has, this has negative effects on our children that we may not be aware of. Just saying something foolish like this can have a devastating effect on them. Uh, broken promises. We promise them this, this, that, and we, or, or one another or, or to your spouse, and you never keep your promises. Over time, disappointments begin to build up in the children. And then they will think that God is like that, especially fathers. We represent God. And uh, if we don't fulfill our promises, after a while, they will feel that, hey, God is like that. He, he makes promises he never fulfills. And so we've got to be careful. And infidelity, oh, it's, it's terrible. I was just counseling someone uh, on this issue. And the devastation it causes in the family, you know, and uh, for the spouse especially. So just make sure that we, we really get our lives right because by doing these things, it really affects the whole family. And the other thing is uh, parental neglect and rejection. Back in Malaysia those days, uh, even now, we uh, can acquire servants quite uh, cheaply, quite affordable to have servants. And we think that's a wonderful thing. And I think it's not wrong to have servants. But if you relinquish your parental duties uh, to the servants, it's okay for the servants to be cleaning their house or cooking food and all that. But if in, in terms of your interaction with your kids, you leave it to your servants to handle it, that's where the problem uh, arises. I, I remember one of our members in FGA Kuala Lumpur told me that the reason why he chose to migrate was when he returned home one day, and the kid was quite very young then, and was raised by maids, all right? And the first words that this kid spoke was crowing like a cockerel. Coo-coo-coo-coo! And the dad was surprised. How come he can't say mama, papa, but he's crowing like a cockerel? And that's because the servant has not much time for the kid. Just put him in the backyard where there was a cockerel. And the cockerel would crow and the, and the kid would imitate the, the, the chicken and, and start making chicken noises instead of learning how to talk. Then it really struck the dad, really struck him to say, Oh, my, our lifestyle is wrong. It's so bad. He sold off everything, applied for his PR, and they came over to Australia so that they could spend more time with their kids. But I've lost touch with them. I don't know whether they actually did spend more time with the kids or not. So, but neglect and rejection. The worst thing is rejection. That uh, my, my cousin herself told us when, when we first returned from England, and uh, she got saved through us. And she said that, you know what, we, before I came to the Lord, we went to fortune teller. And the fortune teller told us that this son of yours, who at that time was around two years old, uh, will not live beyond five years old. And this was told by the fortune teller. And so because of that wrong demonic prophecy, she, she and her husband decided that they, will, they, they don't want to love the child because in loving him, he, he will die at five and then they will be devastated as a result of that. And they stopped loving him. They rejected him. And as a result of that, he developed all kinds of personality disorder. And so even though we... Uh, brought him to the Lord and, and he was safe. He exhibited tremendous issues in his life. He, he, he became so rebellious. He was so difficult. And just a year or two ago, he died at 40 years of age of diabetes 
because he refused to listen to advice to stop drinking Coca-Cola and all the, the sweet uh, soft drinks. He, he would just drink gallons of it every day. And as a result, he, he destroyed his, his health. He died of uh, um, diabetes. And so rejection is a very powerful force uh, of destruction in the family. The other area is favoritism. Oh, it's so hard, especially, I, I, I know, you know, um, Alice and, and Joe, you, you, you have so many kids. It's uh, hard. It's hard, right? Some kids, some kids are more lovable than others, you know. Some kids will come, like John, the Apostle John, likes to hug Jesus, very loving. Some kids are, are more difficult. But with, as parents, we've got to be very careful because uh, I know, like in school, we used to have teacher's pet, right? <laughs> the, and, and then if you're not a teacher's pet, you are the teacher's enemy. Oh, it's, it's really bad. You see the favoritism in school, but more so, we also see that in the homes. And that's something we really have to watch. And um, unreasonable uh, expectations. I know in Singapore, the, every year, a number of kids jump off the bi tall buildings and kill themselves. Why? Because Singaporean and Malaysian <laughs> Asian parents, they put these kind of unreasonable uh, expectations on the kids. Just like I told you, when my daughter had 98% in her uh, exams, I asked, what happened to the 2%? Instead of reveling on the 98% and praising her and encouraging her on that, we focus always on, on it's never good enough. It's the uh, uh, kiasu, right? The kiasu spirit, the afraid to lose, uh, fear of missing out, formal spirit. And so we've got to watch all these things. But what's the consequences I'm not talking about really, really bad homes. I mean, my home wasn't bad, you know. Uh, I thought it was pretty good. But my, my kids are telling me all these bad things <laughs> I have done, right? And, and I'm, I'm, I'm just now unearthing and discovering all the bad seeds I have sown in my children. And uh, so... Even good homes, so-called good homes, we are sowing bad seed into our children unconsciously. And that's why I'm highlighting these areas. There are many more things that I could go into, but we don't have time for it. But let me just run quickly that uh, as a result of these bad seeds, bad behaviors, and, and, and our own personal brokenness, that we bring into the marriage, into our family. We've got to deal with it because we carry this brokenness and we perpetuate this brokenness to our children. Many of us uh, who are insecure, I grew up very insecure because of what my parents went through with my father's gambling and my mom, you know, always uh, very insecure because of his behavior. It, it, it really ministered a lot of insecurity in my life. And so when God called me into full-time ministry to give up my great career to go into uh, a no-money job <laughs> like pastoring, uh, it was a no-no for me, right? And so I had to be healed of insecurity and rejection and... Um, as a result, many people have personality, mental disorders arising from the, uh, the brokenness in the homes. And, and, and also fear, nervousness, timidity. Many of us who feel a lack of confidence in their lives and they are not secure, not uh, um, confident. It's, it's from your childhood, basically. And, and that's why it's very important that we be conscious of these things. Many of us enter, get into depression and become even suicidal 
as a result of brokenness in the homes. Then we also uh, experience rebellion, right? The consequence of a bad home is rebellion. Many a times when we have rebellious kids, don't just attack the rebellion. Find out the root of it. There are roots to all these bad things that you see uh, growing up. It's, it's the fruit of some rejection, of some terrible things that have happened to them, some trauma that have occurred. And that's why if you've been through some of these broken uh, experiences, these traumas and pain, I would advise you to get ministry. Very, very important for you to seek out WT, WTCI uh, under Sophia. She's running a course on, on dealing with some of these issues. Resentment, bitterness, anger. You have an anger problem, guys especially. If you have anger problem, trace it to your childhood days. Poor self-esteem and also some people who are uh, very antisocial, not able, very poor, low EQ, not able to mingle and interact with people. Uh, all these come from our childhood. And um, it's pretty uh, sad scenario in, in many, many families. But how, let's not just leave it there, how can we reverse this trend and create begin to create healthy homes. And that's what we are all about. All right? Let me just say, when we talk about homes or families, God has given us two families. <laughs> Not natural. One is the natural family. But for Christians, we have the blessing and the benefit of a spiritual family that God has given to you. What a blessing that is. Even though we may have a broken natural home, but the spiritual family is here to help restore you. All right? Because the home, be it the natural or the spiritual, is the source of God's blessings. Always remember that. God has chosen the family, be it the natural or the spiritual, to be the avenue by which you will be blessed. Now, there's always a great controversy and debate between nature versus nurture. What, what's that all about? It means what you are today. All right, Terence, you know, uh, you're a good-looking man. You, you probably have good genes, you know, from your mom and dad. And uh, that's nature. So nature is, uh, many of us, we are what we are today because of our genes. And you can't run away from that because your, your genes will determine what you are unless, unless you go for gene therapy and manipulation, in which case you might end up being a zombie, right? But you are what you are because of nature, the the, and the uh, genes in you produce what you are, your, your heritage. The other aspect of who you are is your environment, how you have been nurtured, just as I've spoken about the home environment, can shape you, can break you, can mold you to be either a good or a, a, a bad person. And, and so these two elements make who we are, nature as well as nurture. And I, I'm going to... Uh, talk on, on both of these aspects. I've talked a little bit about nurture already, uh, talking about the uh, behavioral issues in, in the home and how that affects us, how it nurtures us. So let's look at some aspects of uh, nature, spiritual aspects as well. Now, we have a God of generations. Our God is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And it says here, you see, God wants to show the generations His goodness, to make known His covenant throughout the earth. And so He chooses to declare Himself and to reveal His goodness through the generations. 
And, and it has taken many years for the full revelation of God to be revealed through Jesus Christ. And even the revelation, we are still receiving revelation about God. So in Exodus chapter 3 and verse 15, if I uh, could have the big screen, please. I can't see that small screen. Uh, it says in Exodus Yes, 3.15, God also said to Moses, Say this to the people of Israel, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and thus I am to be remembered throughout all generations. See, God is concerned about generations. And that's why as a church, we here in FGA Melbourne, we are blessed with a pastor who understands <laughs> this aspect about God. That he's not just concerned about one generation. He's, you know, we are truly blessed to have Pastor Chris as our senior pastor. Amen. We really need to appreciate him. I, I've grown to appreciate his pastoring and leadership much more in recent years. At the beginning, I was rather nervous. <laughs> because he was this boy who jumped around and likes to play computer games and Disney World. What has Disney World to do with the church, you know? So, but thank God, God has matured him so much. And I'm, I'm really learning a lot of things from him. I'm, I'm really blessed by his messages lately, you know. He's, uh, he's going even deeper than myself. And, uh, and so we are blessed to have a senior pastor and his wife who are focused on generations, on the blessings for every generation. He doesn't just focus on the young people, but even for the elderly that uh, we are catered to and we are ministered to. And so here in Deuteronomy chapter 5, uh, verses 9 to 10, it says, and uh, again, if I could have the screen on for me to read it, please. Um, I, let me just... Can you switch it to the big screen, please? Thank you. Uh, you shall bow down, you shall not bow down to them nor serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am jealous, a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. See, we see it from here that there is what we call a generational curse. And generational curses are real. But I thank God that through Jesus Christ, we can break generational curses. But it's not automatic. Many people think just because they are Christians now, the generational curses of the sins of our forefathers are automatically broken. No, they have to be enforced and appropriated. Every promise of God in the Bible is not automatic. You have to appropriate that. And so it's a very easy thing. We just pray and break the generational curses that, that, that we have the power to, to break with through the Holy Spirit, through the blood of Jesus, and through what Jesus has done for us. But we don't just focus on the curses. We thank God that His mercy, His blessings, and His love is to a thousand generations. Hallelujah. God is merciful to end the curse after the third and fourth generation. It doesn't. Thank God I'm not suffering from the curses of my tenth ancestor, but to the third and fourth generation. And so towards the end of this service, I want to pray for those who have never prayed for generational curses in their lives to be broken, to be broken. 
because many of us we wonder how come I'm having this bad attitude, this bad, uh, terrible thing that recurs in my life over and over again. It could be a generational curse that needs to be broken. All right, and so let's look at the next slide. It says. In Galatians, we are on the topic of Galatians chapter 3, verse 13. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. So Jesus was the one hanging on the tree on the cross. He was cursed for us. So, for what? So that the blessing of Abraham all the way back <laughs> so many generations the blessings of Abraham might come not just on Isaac and Jacob but might come on us on you and on me uh, so that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith and that's why the baptism of the Holy Spirit is so important for all of us this is a promise by the Father that as a result of Jesus' death, He released the Holy Spirit to us. And for us who are not receiving the Holy Spirit, you are missing so much out because the Holy Spirit is the one who will convey the blessings of Abraham down into your life. I have to move on faster. Let's look at what generational blessings is about in Genesis 12. 2 to 3, it says, I will make you, Abraham, a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. And you will be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you. And I will curse those who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Look at the Jews. Yes, they have been disciplined by God. But nevertheless, Wherever the Jews go, they are blessed. They are the richest people on earth. They are the wisest, so to speak. They, they have more Nobel Prize, Prizes than anybody, any race on earth. And that's because of God's promise. But we who have been grafted in through Jesus Christ, we can receive that generational blessing from, uh, from this verse we see. And in you, all the families, it doesn't say, and in you, in you means in Abraham, meaning Christ in Abraham. His seed, in Jesus Christ, all the families. It doesn't say all the peoples or individuals, right? All the families, because the families is the avenue, is the vehicle by which you get blessed. And if you dissociate yourself from your natural and spiritual family, you are losing out on your spiritual blessing, on, your, on tremendous blessings, on the generational blessings, rather, that, that is available to you. God desires a godly line. God is always looking for godly generation. And, and down the line, that's why God preserved a godly line Although they're not perfect, like David, David was not perfect. He was a murderer, in fact. But God is merciful that if our hearts turn to Him, He can create a godly line. He's looking for godly seed and godly generations. And uh, God blesses a godly generation and lineage. That's why Joshua 24, 15 is so important. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. What is a blessing? We've been talking about generational blessing, but let's look and see what a blessing is about. A blessing is a declaration which imparts spiritual power, opening the way for us uh, in life, giving us approval and confidence power for us to succeed it's a grace to enable us to become what we are meant to become and to achieve what we are meant to achieve blessing is not just plenty of money 
I've seen people with lots of wealth, but they are not happy. They are miserable. They, they, they are suffering. So it's not just money. Of course, money is part of it. I, I believe God wants to bless. God doesn't like to curse. He tells us not to curse. He tells us to bless even our enemies. So I believe that, you know, <coughs> um, let's, sorry, let's look at that verse again. It says, to achieve what we are meant to achieve and become what we are meant to become. You are blessed if you fulfill God's will for your purpose, for your life. You are blessed if you are able to experience God in your life and, and to have the confidence and to be able to see breakthroughs and achieve all that God has put in your heart. That's real blessing. We want that. And we have been given the power to bless. And we have the authority to impart empower and help people, uh, especially our children, to achieve and overcome in life. Created in the image of God, we have the power to bless, uh, to both bless and curse. Do you know that? And that's why we have to be very careful that we don't curse because our curses <laughs> become as powerful as our blessings. And, and will take root and, uh, and that we are asked to bless even our enemies. So we have been given that power to bless and, and James tells us that we have to watch our tongue because with the same tongue, we bless and we curse. Make sure you don't curse your children even though they act up. And you want to pull your hair, you know. I can see some people having less hair because... <clears throat> Maybe due to their children, you know. But for Chris, it's not due to the children, no. It's hereditary. It's, na <clears throat> it's nature. Blessings come through healthy relationships. Malachi 4, 6 says, It will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. <clears throat> Although this is in the negative, it means that if the hearts of the children and the fathers are connected, if there is a connection in the family, in the homes, then there won't be a curse, there will be the blessing. Alright? And so in Christ now, we have the ability to turn our curses into blessings. Now, many of us, we live our lives as though we are born from outer space. We've come from outer space and plong into the earth. No father, no mother, no connections whatsoever. That's what the Western education and, 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 and culture is promoting. Individualism. We haven't come from outer space. We have a mother, father, we have siblings, we have connections, we, we have been born into God's family, we have God's family. But this individualistic, independent mindset is destroying lives and even Christians. Everything in the universe has a context. Everything exists in relation to other things. Even our heart, our lungs. Can you imagine our lungs suddenly say, Oh, no, no, I'm not going to bother about the other parts not connected. I'll just function, just absorb air. That's all, you know. Your, your body will die. Your lungs will die. So we are all connected, like it or not. And so the key for generational blessings to come into your life it's here in this verse, Ephesians 6, 1 to 5. Children, it says, obey your parents. As little children, they are meant to obey. But when you grow up, the requirement to obey is no longer there. You are to honor your father and mother, even though they may be bad, right? And, and they may be dead now. But if you have not honored your father and mother, you need to come before the Lord and repent. Of that 
and, and say, sorry, Lord, for not honoring my father and mother. And uh, which is the first commandment with a promise. So that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Put up your hand, those who do not want to be well on this earth, who do not want blessings. Put up your hand. How come nobody? Put up your hand, those who want blessings to be well and to have good health and long life. How come so many hands? It's natural, isn't it? But here's the key. The key is for children to honour their father and the mother. Fathers, now it's not just one side. <laughs> There's the other side too. We fathers, don't start pulling hair. And don't pull your children's hair especially. But it says, do not provoke or exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training, in the nurture, and in the instruction of the Lord. We tend to exasperate our children. We, we, you know, we push them right to the, to the corner. And, and that's because of our own insecurities, of our own brokenness. We push them beyond what they are able to achieve at that point. But we should be encouraging them. And so this is the key, that as, ch as children are asked to honour parents, we are asked to instruct, we are asked to train, and we are asked to nurture. This is the nurture aspect of, uh, of raising the next generation. But here is the crux of it. Genera generational blessings come from the family, especially from the father. So fathers, we have a, an, a great, great important role to play in the family. Just as uh, Abraham passed the blessing to Isaac, Isaac passed the blessing to Jacob, and Jacob called his family and passed this blessing down to the generations. Esau despised his birthright, this generational blessing, and and. So that's why God says, I hate Esau, because he despised the generational blessing. It's, it's a real thing, this generational blessing. Make sure you seek the, the blessings of your parents, both, both natural and spiritual. And, uh, and, and because Esau despised it, he forfeited his blessings. Many people today despise the source of their blessings uh, from the place they are supposed to get it from, and both the natural and the spiritual. You despise your parents, despise your family. How I wish I was not born to the Xiao family, but to Queen Elizabeth family, you know. <laughs> Actually, I don't, <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't wish that. It's terrible, right? But you wish to be uh, 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 somebody else, you know, somebody other's family. No, begin to celebrate that the fact that you've been placed in your family. God doesn't make mistakes. He has put you in a family for a reason. So we've got to learn to have roots. No roots, no fruit. Everybody repeat after me. No roots, no fruit. New saying, all right? Let me end with this quick story of Jabez in 1 Corinthians 4, 9 to 10. Here is a story of someone who's been, uh, who has had a, a bad start, a terrible start, in fact, cursed. Now, Jabez was more honorable than the brothers and his mother called his name Jabez, saying, because I bore him in pain, and Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil, that I may, cause, may not cause pain to others. All right? So if we are brought up in pain, we often inflict pain on others as well. So God granted what he requested. He was blessed. 
And so let's begin to see the bad start for Jabez. In ancient Jewish customs, the name of a person somehow foretells his future. By naming her son Jabez, the mother is declaring a vision that her son would have a bleak future with a life full of pain and sorrows. Jabez, Yabez in, in, in Hebrew means he makes sorrowful. God has made him sorrowful. What a name to call your son, hey, God makes you sorrowful. Mr. Sorrowful, come. Terrible, isn't it? That's a curse. But see what Jabez did. Jabez. I, I mean, there's a lot to go into. I could talk the whole day on this, but Jabez defied all odds, inclu and, uh, including his supposed, supposed destiny, and became a man of fervent prayer and honour. His faith and relationship with God enabled him to reverse the curse of his painful past, his painful beginning. That shows us, even in the Old Testament, before Jesus came, that Jabez, because of his faith and his desire to honour people, God blessed him and made him really blessed. I think in, in every aspect of his life, it doesn't go into the details, but he was blessed. So become a generational blessing. It is through our physical and spiritual connections, our ancestry, that we discover who we are in Christ. And we are then able to deal with our bad roots and begin to develop good roots and like Jabez, reverse the curses and become a blessing to others. And in closing, discover our God-given home. Discover your roots. Don't be floating from church to church. You'll never grow. You'll never receive the blessings that, that is there for you. And, and celebrate the family that you were born into. Don't regret. Never have regrets. And, and, and don't despise your own family. But instead, get rid of all the bad roots in your life. Deal with the pain and the trauma that you've been through and receive healing and become a blessing. You were blessed to be a blessing. Amen? I just want to close right now. I know time has gone, but very quickly, uh, if the musician can just come. Um, I just want to pray for all, and, and, and I'm not putting pressure on anyone here. If you want to break off generational curses, You've never uh, been through this before in your life. I would like you to stand where you are right now. We don't have time for you. And you can do after the service. If you want personal prayer, please come forward. The pastors and, and our team, altar team, will be here to minister to you personally. But right now, I just want to pray for breaking of generational curses. If you feel... There are traits, negative traits in you that are linked to your ancestors. And there are generational curses in your life to deal with. You can stand and pray this general prayer with me and I will take authority to cut off these generational uh, roots or, or curses in your life and release God's mercy and blessings into your life. Anyone here wishing to do that, please stand to your feet right now and I want to pray with you in Jesus' name. Alright? No, no pressure, but just if you really want it, if you mean business with God, you can do that right now. And just quietly pray with me. Repeat after me. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you have revealed your truth to me to set me free today. I'm sorry for despising my family and not putting my roots down and not honouring my father and mother, both in the natural 
and spiritual family. I want to take authority and break off and renounce the generational curses in my life. Jesus has become a curse for me that the blessings of Abraham may come upon me. I open my heart now and receive the generational blessings through my Lord Jesus Christ. And I break off and renounce and cleanse off the bad traits from my ancestors. Cleanse me now with the blood of Jesus. I'm now set free. I thank you, Lord, that I have the power to overcome these curses on my life so that I may be a blessing to many around me. In Jesus' name, let me close in prayer. Father, I pray for your people today. I release your blessings on your people. Break the failures, this curse of failures, the curse of addiction, be it through al to alcohol, gambling, all kinds of addictions, Father. We break all of that, gambling especially, we break all of that in the name of Jesus. We nullify these curses in their life, set their hearts free to make Jesus Lord of their life. And in making Jesus Lord of their life, these blessings will flow into their life and they will become what they were meant to be and succeed in everything that you call them to do. Bless your people today. The Lord bless you and make His face shine upon you. The Lord keep you and give you peace. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you. Listen.